pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game on Rock 101.1. Live from the Bubba's 33 at the South Plains Mall. With Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to the Rockin' Free Game today. Got a lot of fun happening today as Texas Tech head football coach Joey McGuire will be dropping by shortly, and we'll just... Uh, Inundate him with questions. How about <laughs> looking forward yeah, to it? Yeah, so we got that coming up today. Um, let's see. Also, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout stops by, talks some Red Raider baseball, and uh, you got uh, Kansas this week. They dropped that game yesterday. Tag yeah. good. So, um, and head coach Paul Gilbert of the Lubbock Matadors will uh, be dropping by to talk soccer or football, depending <laughs> on how hardcore of a soccer fan you are. But. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I've got a lot, a lot of fun coming up today, but as always... Time to take the pulse of the Red Raider Nation with our Rockin' Reality Check. All right. Pete! Hey. Sorry, I was yawning there. That's I, all right. I, not, you're not putting me to sleep. I hope not. I haven't even said anything yet. Okay, there's still time, though. That's a reality check right there. Yes. All right, well, uh, you're rocking reality check. Yeah, I'm just, this court, I mean, my mother gave me more cord than this. It's kind of bothering Whoa. me. Wow. Just, At least that one's <laughs> not attached to your belly button, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's just bothering me today. Anyway, uh, yeah, my reality check is... Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited Joey McGuire is going to be on the show today. Uh, um, you know, we got a lot of good questions answered. And, uh, you know, I'm disappointed about Tech Baseball last night. So, uh, you know, they got to get back at it. And, you know, we'll be at the Big 12 next week. And it's just a busy time. You know, I, I, man, I've spoken at uh, several sports banquets this week, Paducah, Anton, Anton. Uh, all over the place. So uh, just you know, and then I got my daughter graduating next Saturday. She's going to be a Red Raider. So I'm I'm super excited about that. So just you know, the the walls are closing in on just getting things done in such a little time and family coming in and things families have done. Even you, of course, years in advance. This is our first graduation for high school. So right. it's you know, you don't want to be the one to drop the ball on something. Can't believe your daughter's graduated from high school. I remember yeah. when she was just a little kid. And she was doing the what was the Pee Wee Pee Wee TV. Yeah, yeah. TV. She yeah. did that ten years. So, but uh, you know, the goal is she'll she'll jump back over to Channel Eleven and do news. She's oh, wow. not okay. a, a sports person. So originally, I was nervous if she wanted to do sports. No offense, ladies. I don't like ladies who do sports who don't know anything about sports. For I don't instance, like anybody doing sports who doesn't know, you know guys <laughs> or girls. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'll never forget. Uh, and I, I won't name her name, but they brought this girl in at Channel Eleven. They're like, hey, and I'm like, she's a pretty girl, pretty girl. They want her to be. Uh, they want it, wanted to come be the weekend girl we had an opening and uh the rangers had just lost game oh, one of the world so series crazy. and i and i i said yeah you know we're busy rangers world series well they'll be they'll try again next year and i said what oh they lost last night but you know next year they'll try again i said the world series is the best of seven. Oh, it is 
I said, get her the hell out. Oh, oh I was pissed. So come on, man. There is, and now, we don't know everything in sports, but you got to know some things. So no. that, that irks me. But anyway, Bella doesn't even know a touchdown, I don't think. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, So she's going to get into the news side, and that's what she wants. She likes telling stories and, and doing those type of things. So we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for her to go to Tech and uh, yeah. get out there with all these other kids from all over the country and uh, you know, I, I just went and spoke at a journalism class a couple weeks ago, and all the kids raved about it. Man, we love tech. We love everything here. So I can't wait her f- for her to be that excited, Yeah, being a Red Raider. And going to all the games and throwing tortillas and dropping back shots and all the things kids do. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> dropping back shots? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what these kids do? Uh, yes, yes. When they get 21, I'm, of course. So she's right. got three years. But, I mean, she can watch. <laughs> she can watch and learn. Pete, Pete was real for a minute. <laughs> I thought this was a reality check. Yeah, well, and then, went, is, <laughs> I'm sure she's tasted some alcohol already. She, she went, he went from reality to, <laughs> to just kind of... She's so pure and innocent. Yeah, well, she's, you know. But I'm excited. She's so anyway. a good girl, though, and she's yeah. going to do well at school. Right? Loves yeah. her mother, loves yes. Jesus. <laughs> she doesn't have a boyfriend, too. So that's it. So anyway, you know, a lot of the reality for me is just what's going on in my life and, uh, and for other people now. We we're all so busy with school ending and, and getting yeah. ready for the next chapter for our kids. So, But then, you know, Red Raider Baseball, I hope they're going to get in the tournament. I hope we're following them. And then... Uh, you know, it'd be Big 12 media days in July. I'm going in August to Canton, Ohio, to be there with uh, with uh, Zach Thomas as he goes in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that probably is the highlight of my whole year. Uh, maybe second to Bella graduating, but maybe first to second is Bella. Because I can't wait to go see Zach Thomas get inducted. You think of making it on the TV broadcast? I mean, do you, me? Well, yeah. Are you no. Going to say anything? Or are you no, I'm not saying anything. I'm well, going to cover it. I'm going to go hang with them. Guy, you know? him. Come on. Hi. He's yeah. Jimmy Johnson, get out of here. No, no. It surprised me. Yeah. It'll be good. And then, okay. of course, we got the, the Lubbock Matadors on deck here to talk today. I got rained out last week. They're home Saturday night over at Pirate Stadium. So get out there and uh, see, see these guys play. It's going to be good. All right. Jared, follow that. Yeah, it's always tough following the great Pete Christie. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. But uh, congratulations <laughs> to Bella. Uh, that's really cool. Like uh, Jeff was saying, you know, we this is our sixth year doing this, so we've kind of seen our families kind of grow up. Yeah. Some of our kids. My, yeah. my boy is about to be done with elementary, which is mind blowing to me. Right. You know, he's gone to the same elementary. Uh, came out here to Lubbock from Arlington, and uh, you know, it's an amazing community, and uh, it just kind of blows me away to see our kids grow up. And it's that time of year, like you're talking about, like today, after basically right after this, after the boy gets out of school, we're going to East Texas for some family stuff. Nice. Girlfriend's got family stuff going on. And then uh, the next week, he finishes elementary, uh, going to middle school, which is really yeah. weird for me to say. I know y'all, you know, have older kids, so right, it's different right. for y'all. But this is my my only kid, and seeing him grow up like that's just uh, <laughs> it's kind of blowing my mind. And then uh, next week, going to the Metroplex, then going to Sal Padre Island uh, that next weekend. So Man. yeah, I'm hitting all over Texas uh, in the next couple of weeks, which Texas forever, man. You know, yeah. it's that that time of year. But for us in the show, I mean, come on, we have Joey McGuire, the man, you know, uh, on the show. And, you know, I, I don't shy away from making fun of myself. I, right, I make right. a lot of mistakes. But on this show, what, six years ago, four years ago, whatever, when uh, Texas Tech moved on from Cliff Kingsbury, 
I said, look, good I know, guy. I know they're not. Good. He is a good. He's a great guy. He really is one of the best. It's the truth. Yeah. Uh, not a great co- head coach, college coach, but uh, that's not my point yeah. here. I said, look, there's a guy, a rising star, named Joey McGuire. He has the best connections in Texas. He's a genuine dude. He has Texas Tech ties. It's probably too early, but Tech should take a flyer on him. Yeah. They went Matt Wells, and Matt Wells did some good things, but maybe the timing just it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Now here we are on the precipice. I mean, even ESPN, all Texas Tech fans talk about the bias against uh, Tech by ESPN, which I don't know if that's true. I think they're indifferent, to be honest. But even ESPN's uh, football power index has Texas Tech favored in nine games. Wow. And then a 50% chance of winning a coin toss in, in, the, in another game. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I'm at. I think Tech is poised for a special season. There are several reasons and people for that. But chief among them, Joey McGuire, who's yeah. the head man himself. So I can't believe, you know, well, I can't, but I'm really excited that today here in a minute we get to talk to him and talk about tech football and the future of uh, uh, the bright future of River football. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's about time it gets to me, rock and reality check. You guys have pretty much covered every single thing. Uh, let me congratulate your daughter again on yeah, her congrats, graduation. And yeah. That's cool. So, you know, I, I got that. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, my daughter's got a, about a year and a half left of college, and then we'll have a college graduation coming up, too. So, Do you remember the high school graduation? Um, I do, yes. Yeah. What, do you think I was like... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm always so wasted. I, you know. Well, Grandpa, tell me about the good old yeah, days. Some dads probably are. <laughs> Makes it go by faster, I'm sure. No, I, I do remember it, though, but it was outdoors. It's do you, leave, I mean, do you, you know? wait for the whole thing? Like, we're in the seas, Christy, so seas, we're jetting, right? I don't have to wait uh, for the seas. You're one of those seas. people who jet. Do I have to wait for the I mean, seas? Wow. I'm joking. Oh. I'm joking. Look, look, he's those are friends. her friends. Those Justin. are her friends. Let me tell you, though, I because yeah. typically I've always tried to be a person – at a high school graduation, I try to go and, and stay yeah. because, you know, because, look, my, my last name it starts with an A. You know, it's not my radio yeah. guy name, but you know, a lot of people, I say I don't care, Ansel. But anyway, it's, it's over an A, so, you know, a lot of times you're right up there at the beginning. But I always felt like a kid that's graduated from high school, you know, that's a big, that's one yeah, of the first right. major accomplishments of a, of a kid's life. Yeah. And, and there's part of me that just always feels like, you you should you owe it to them even if they're not your kid to sit in the stands and and just be there for that big moment in their life even kids you don't know I, yeah. I don't know, I've just always been kind of weird about that maybe no, that's but, good but but I went to a, a tech graduation last Friday that's why I yeah. couldn't be here last Friday my uh, daughter-in-law's sister was graduating from tech so I went to that and it, you know they've got so many graduate uh, graduation ceremonies at tech they they're trying to get people in and out of the out of the building you know right. and and so you were encouraged to once that person you were there to see graduate got their diploma or thing to just go ahead and leave huh. so i was like all right you know what i can i can get behind that yeah. i didn't argue i was on the school that but they, she was hers. she was like the yeah. one of the very first people to yeah. go that's so awesome. we were there for like you know 15 minutes and hey all right cool wow. see ya so yeah and in some nice. cases they're not even in alphabetical order right well, anyway, not, which, is, she, which i appreciate because it's like hey if i, I when i graduated from tech i was there i was like there early so i could get up at the front of the line yeah. And get oh, and wow. gone. Well, Kendall, she was um, 
she was a, a, the banner bearer for oh, her, so she got she got to be first. So that was really cool. Sounds so. like a battle honor. Banner bearer. It sounds like something from Game, Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. or something, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah so. Hey, I just wanted to mention too. I was super pumped to see Colin Schooler and the uh, yeah. Arlington Renegades win the title. And then Wednesday, uh, this past Wednesday, we had Bryce Ramirez speak at my lunch, and uh, he dropped. He's going to be wearing number three this that year. That is so cool, man. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 uh, and in, in whose honor? In honor of Luke Siegel. Yep. So uh, just, you know, he, uh, man, he was fantastic. But everybody, just we were in awe just seeing him walk up there. He's, he's going to start running June 5th, uh, be with the team in July. I think Coach McGuire said he'd be back for Oregon. He hopes to be back for Wyoming. But, wow, you know, wow. wishful thinking maybe. But uh, he's ready to go. and back with his team and just uh you know trying to to get out and tell his story and he was so appreciative to get out with us and uh, it was awesome awesome i got a rock and re i got a reality check just listening to y'all speak <laughs> i know i've known you have a stage name your your last name oh, is you know yeah. and i didn't know that about you Did you not? Yeah. yeah so i'm not big time enough my name's just the one my parents gave me my, my family name I, I, what, what i gotta do to get big time enough to co to go by you know like a cool name you, a stage you, name like, what, what you do is you get a stalker who tries to kill you and your wife. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, I think I'll just keep my I name. That's why I switched. Because back in Oregon, I had a girl come after me. Because really? I was Playboy Pete. Every man's nightmare, every woman's dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the radio. That's, that right there, I will, I will get that. And I, I will make that a My line was, if you're warm for my form, call in. 423-HITS. I still remember it. I still got it. That is terrible. <laughs> that is truly terrible. Are, were you a DJ at that yeah, point? Yeah, Playboy okay. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Playboy Pete. I'm going to have nightmares. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's a long time ago. That was back in, in the college. Oh, my God. But I, some girl came after me, and so I changed everything and have never gone back. See, I used to, I used to have, think, have things like that back in the day. Because yeah, back, back when you're a young there. guy and you're single and you're on the yeah. radio, yeah. you know, I had, I had girls who cut liners and say, like, I don't have anything on tonight except... <laughs> Jeff Scott and you know, oh, James oh, Stacey. Oh, 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 oh. What? Oh, yeah, why don't you? Why don't you have those? Oh, yeah, no, I, that was that was back in my overnight days, though. You know, but but you know, you, you, you thought you were kind of cool, you know, right? <laughs> a dork. But hey, you know? <laughs> not, how can you be awesome. dorky with a name like Playboy Pete? Hey, I'm glad we got all this out before we got here. Playboy Pete. Oh <laughs> man, you're warm for my four. Warm for my. <laughs> I can't believe you uh, actually said, if you're warm for my form, call <laughs> That was the line. We got to use this. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. We got to use this. That was the line back in the day. Trust me, I will pull that, that right there. <laughs> those, man, those are the good radio days. Did, did, did any girls ever call and go, hi, Playboy Pete, I'm warm Playboy for your form? <laughs> do you want me to really be honest? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Oh, he's blushing. He is. He's I mean, blushing. I mean, I was a kid, so I, this girl called me, and you know, we, we're on the radio we, right now. Right please. Right <laughs> <laughs> All FCC. I mean, I mean, this is honest. Oh, yeah. I let her come to my apartment. What? Playboy. What are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, she handcuffed me and stole my money. <laughs> but that's another story. I don't know what the statute of limitations for that, you know. Oh, my gosh. For that is, but man. Wow. We were in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it, sounded, it sounded like an exchange there. But maybe you're but, unaware. But is, the question is, oh, did you God. like it? Oh, God. <laughs> what a break. Red, 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 Red Raiders play tonight. If you're making me blush, then it's too much. All right. Well, who's warm for Pete's form? Stop it. Why do why do these oh, things come man. out on this show? It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's like a safe space, you know. Everything, Pete. You have what's said on this radio stays on this radio. Oh, hold on here. Oh man. All right, what? No, I just thought I'd give a little. What is that? Give a little hot blooded. Oh, the song. Okay, sorry, I didn't know what was for happening. Pete there. Well, yes. some Lou Graham. If you're warm for Pete's Bull, and you're hot blooded, <laughs> and you've like got a, a fever like a, of hundred. I still haven't woken up yet. <laughs> this, 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 isn't really this is a nightmare. Thank God to bring McGuire's coming. All right. Yeah, coming up, uh, yeah, Coach Morgan will be joining us here shortly. Uh, Pete might have more stories from his, uh, from his youth. And, uh, Playboy Pete. Never, yeah. <laughs> One a month. <laughs> Well, say it again, Playboy Pete, and then there was part, what's the rest of it? Your Playboy Pete, every man's a nightmare, every thank woman's dream. You're okay, warm from my you. form. <laughs> Call in, 423-H-I-T-S. Here's Tears for Fears. Okay, see, that's that's wonderful oh, stuff right check. there. check. Oh, all right, McGuire's coming. we got to get a break. Okay, all Good. right. Yes, we, oh, I uh, see him. Yeah. Yes, there he is. Coach McGuire's making his way up here to Bubba's 33 all right, right now. So he joins us next year on the Red Raider Outfit of Rock and Pre-Game Live for Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. More of the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame from Bubba's 33 in minutes on Rock 101.1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Wiley Implement, Pete's Tires, and Chrome. Texas Tech football head coach, Joey McGuire. All right. Tech head coach Joey McGuire in the house with us right now. Bubba's 33. Coach, thanks for uh, dropping by today. Good to see you on this fine Friday. Thank you for having me, man. I'm fired up as Bubba's 33. I yeah. love I love their food. I love their pizza. The yeah. Hawaiian. Hey, man. Hawaiian pizza. Yes, I'm yes. with you on that. Yes, that sir. Is, that is some good pizza right there. So, so yeah, you know, um, I guess you know, we appreciate you stopping by today. Talk some Red Raider football and, and, and everything. So, here we are in uh, in May. Kind of what's what's going on now? I mean, I guess the, you know, just you're done with spring ball now. I yeah. mean, are you do, you do you start game planning for the season already? I mean, do you do any X's and O's kind of stuff this early, or you know, what what, what are you doing the, the you know this time of year? Well, the guys, you know, they're on a break. Uh, we have our first uh, team meeting May 29th, and then they come back, and we're lifting on May 30th. Um, right. But right now, the GAs and the QCs, they've broken down our first four opponents, uh, getting everything ready. Uh, they go through, they start out, they go through all our tendencies of maybe what we saw in the spring for us to get better at. And then we're going to go right into uh, coming back and going into Wyoming and start looking to what they do and what they're, how they're going to attack us and see how we can attack them. So all of June is really uh, taking those first four, four opponents and, and seeing what we're going to uh, be able to work on during fall camp. Yeah. All right. Cool. Now, are you worried about the stadium being ready for the for the season? I keep. We watch we, at our at our uh, station. We have uh, the oh, live yeah. video feed all day, all day every day. We all go in there all time and <laughs> check, you know, and see what's going on with it. And I know they got that that turf kind of torn up down there right. at that one end zone. I mean, is everything on schedule to really, you know, I mean, I mean we're gonna be able to play a game right when when the season rolls around? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, I think it's good. We're not. Uh, 
I mean, they feel good about being on time. You yeah. know, the big thing is, you know, we're putting a new field down, so that's what's got to be on time. Right. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's probably good that we're opening up in Wyoming instead of uh, here in Lubbock and then yeah. got to be ready for Oregon coming in. And so we're they feel really good, you know, talking to the guys that they feel like they're – Maybe even a little ahead of schedule, which I don't know if that exists uh, in any world. Um, But, uh, you know, they feel good about it. And so they feel good about it. I feel good about it. There you go. I know we'll be ready to play. So, (laughs) you know. Coach, a lot of excitement for this upcoming season. Everybody's got predictions. The team's going to be fantastic. Yeah. you tell us. I'd rather hear from you. What are you thinking about this team? You know, I'm really excited. Um, one, we have uh, so much back. Um, you know, uh, we have we felt really good coming out of spring of our progression. Um, you know, one, how we practice, uh, the speed that we're trying to play with. Um, and then we, we have uh, the guys that we lost were extremely talented, but we've grown. And then we brought in some really good football players, so we feel great. But I'll tell you the – you know, I always tell everybody I think I'm a PowerPoint guru. And, uh, you know, I'm working on my PowerPoints for May 29th, and, and one slide is talking about, you know, the enemy and the enemies assume and, and you know, and also, like, uh, people are going to pat you on the back, and, and you've worked hard to get those pats on the back that realize this, you know, um, this is a whole new season, and, and uh, we've got to make sure we're working June and July and in August to get ready to play to meet those expectations. And I love that word. I want people to expect us to be really good. Now we've just got to go to work and um, and meet those expectations. But I will tell you, I expect to be a really good football team. And then you guys have been on the road a little bit already with this right. Reckham Tour. Uh, I'm sure fans are, are, are coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, it's been fun. Yesterday we were in Odessa for uh, lunch, and then dinner was Midland. Uh, went to Amarillo. Um, earlier the week, I'm actually, it's not with a wrecking tour, but it's with our alumni association. I'm going to Waco, flying to Waco this afternoon, and then I'll be in Abilene on Monday, and then I'm flying to San Antonio for their touchdown club. Um, I love it, man, because I love being around the Red Raiders, man. They're, they're just such a great group of people. They're fired up. Um, they're excited. And, and then the other thing that's been really cool is getting to know Grant, you know, even more, because he's been on you know, two of the stops uh, with us. Uh, he was in Lubbock, and then, of course, um, he was with us yesterday. And so it's always good to hear his message of uh, what he's expecting in our basketball team. Well, what stands out about Coach McCaslin? Did you mention him? I think he's, a, you know, I think he's a, he's a Red Raider. He's a tough guy. You know, he's a West Texas guy as far as, like, his mindset. You know, he's going to – his his team's going to play with a lot of passion. They're going to play really hard. and. I always tell everybody, man, if you've got a team that's a tough team that plays hard, you have an opportunity to win every game, you know, because tough people are hard to beat, you know, for four quarters, you know, for basketball two halves. And, and so I think he's going to bring that. And then I know it is the off season, but there really isn't an off season. No. Big recruiting month coming up, too, just around the corner. Obviously, you can't mention names, but what is – what has worked so much for y'all? Obviously, y'all are recruiting at another level than yeah. what Texas Tech has recently. How have y'all been able to do that? What's not, not your plan, but right. how have you been able to do it in general? Well, first of all, you know, I can't talk about him, but I will tell you this. The two weekends in June, we'll have more talent than Texas Tech's ever had on campus in recruiting visits. I mean, as far as the the potential and, the, and, and what these guys can do. But, I, you know... 
there's a couple things. One, we don't make excuses. We don't let anybody make them for us. And I think at some point in time, and I'm sure for whatever reason they thought that or they used that, but, you know, people said it's tough to recruit to West Texas, and I think that makes no sense whatsoever to me. You know, um, if you're talking about a recruiting kid from a Dallas-Fort Worth area, there's a flight every 30 minutes that's leaving out of Love Field. You know, you have direct flights from Austin. You have direct flights from Houston. Um, and you're flying into Lubbock. The people we're recruiting against, unless it is TCU, uh, maybe driving somewhere else, there's not direct flights yeah, into right. those places. And so, for whatever reason, people are saying it's hard to get there. It's not. And so, that's one thing. The other thing, we're selling a great university that you can come here and you're going to be able to study anything and everything. I think we're one of nine universities in the country that has the diversity of, of degrees that we have when you're talking about, you know, uh, having a, a medical um, degree, you know, as far as being a doctor, being a dentist, being a, you know, I know we pissed everybody off in College Station, but we have a vet school now, you know. And, and so when you're talking about that and you're selling uh, this uh, great university again is very appealing and then I think we're going to play a great grand of, brand of football and we're going to develop these guys into NFL football players. One of the things about your program right now I like the most and I think probably gets talked about the least is defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder. Yeah. What does he bring uh, to the table or what does he like? That's my dude man. Uh, I call him my stunt double because uh, we get mistaken uh, at different times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I loved him. I loved him whenever I first met him, whenever he was at A&M. It's so funny. Whenever I was able to get him, I called Kenny Perry, who's, you know, our special teams coordinator. He's my best friend. He goes, you did what? How are you doing this? And I said, yeah, we got, I said, we got TD, man. He's coming. You know, he brings such a great experience scheme-wise. But if you think about what Tim DeRuder's done in his career, he played great defense at Air Force. He great played great defense at A&M. He played great defense at Cal. He played great defense at Oregon. He came in and we played great defense last year. Um, he would tell you in all those places that he wants to get better, but he did it with rosters that none of those places really look alike when you talk right. about their rosters, and he was still able to find a way to play defense with what was there, and that you know that's what attracted me so much, and then the other person, it's really the whole defensive staff, but being able to get Marcel Yates with him to where you have a guy that you can really say, okay, look, you take care of the back end, Marcel. You make sure we're good in the secondary. And, and they've been together at different times so many times, and so I think that's huge. I, I love our defensive staff. I think we have rock stars in every position. I think you see that with the production that players – they're playing their best football under these guys. Malik Dunlap played his best football yeah. in the history of his career under Marcel Yates. Tyree Wilson, Isaac Smith, uh, uh, Miles Cole played their best football under CJIU in the history of their career. If you turn around and you look at the two fire hydrants we have in the middle that cancel out the A-gaps, Boog and Tony Bradford played their best, most productive football in their career under Zarnell Fitch. And then you turn around and Kosai uh, Krishan, they played their best football under Josh Bookbinder. And so that's another part of the recruiting that we can prove you're going to play your best football under our staff. And so 
love uh, Tim Drudery, man. He's he's so valuable to me because he's also been a head coach. And I think it's amazing that, I mean, when you first got hired, one of the first things you said was, we're going to play defense at Texas Tech. You know? yeah. And I think I remember, and I think most fans were kind of like, hoping for that, yeah. but going, well, I mean, you know, everybody says it, because for some reason, you know, Tech, for all his years, just could not really ever build a great defense, right. and you've come in quickly, and I mean, it's, to me, that's one of the most remarkable things I think that has changed since you've been here, is just how quickly you've, you've built a, a, you know, a good defense, I mean, that that really, that shocked me, I'll be honest with you, yeah. that, I mean, that's really something. Well, you know, there's a lot of areas that we have to get better at but then there's some areas too that i'm like um and i think we did but there's things like you know the two areas that i'm really proud of really one of them especially is we're number nine in the country in red zone defense so that's when your back's against the wall that's when you're at your best and we're making guys kick field goals you want to be like that especially when you have the uh uh, plan and, and the belief in going for it on fourth down in different parts of the field that a lot of people were like, traditionally you don't do that. Right. And so you've got to be good there. Where we really worked uh, in the spring to be better at is from the 20 to the 20. You know, because if you look at our defensive numbers, we didn't have great numbers in total defense, but we had elite numbers in the red zone, and we were fifth in the country in fourth down defense. And so if you want me to trade one or the other, I'm all gonna I always want to be great in the red zone. Like right, yeah. points is what it's all about, right? right? Um, but I think you you know part of playing great defense is not accepting great effort. Like we're gonna play at a certain standard at Texas Tech. I had a good friend the other day that's a Red Raider, uh, Jack Richards, who you know uh, is a proud Red Raider. His son played here. Um, he was a defensive lineman from South Lake Carroll. Jackson, he started, right? yeah, yeah, Jackson. He started yeah. laughing at me. He goes, he goes, yeah, because they're not going to play if they're not playing with great effort. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that's what it is. I mean, like, you just – that's why it's so important to practice the way we practice. And those guys buying into practicing with effort um, every single snap, that's going to translate into – Getting better on defense. Now the scheme and, and understanding the scheme is what takes you to another level. All right. Okay. Well, it's, uh, head coach Joey McGuire with us today on the Rockin' Pregame. And uh, have you stick around a little bit longer. Yes, sir. Here above us, 33. And uh, we'll talk some more Texas Tech football uh, coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Live from Bubba's 33 on Rockin'. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, uh, Coach Joey McGuire with us uh, today on the Rockin' Pregame and talking some Texas Tech football today. Yeah, Coach, as you know, uh, you know, I've run a message board for 247 yes, inside sir. the Red Raiders, and you graciously jumped on. I can't remember if it was, I think it was right after the season or close to after the season, and he did a live chat, which was really cool. I mean, you, That was cool. The head coaches don't have to do that. They're in his office, and I mean, the fans went crazy. They loved it. So, knowing you were coming on, I thought I'd see if they had any we questions. we got to do it again, man. Yeah, whenever you want, Coach, of course. It. But they, they have questions now, and uh, so I'm going to fire away some of them. Uh, the first one comes from King Striker, who said, The question is aggressive, but I would sincerely like to know uh, how Tech plans on taking the next step from a middle-of-the-road Big 12 program to a spot where Tech can win the league and see large bowl games. Yeah, I, I love that question, man, um, because I, I do believe that we're moving in that direction, um, and I, I feel good about you know where we're at. 
the biggest thing that I think people are going to see, and I said this yesterday in, in Midland and Odessa, is just look at the team. Whenever you start looking at the team and you look, okay, we just lost Tyree Wilson, but we're replacing with a dude that's actually bigger. And so, <laughs> like, that hasn't been the case. Whenever you yeah. start looking at the size of our football team um, and, and the length of our football team, um, I think that's when you start really taking a step in because we all know you line up we did it against 19 and at the place i was before when we lined up against georgia those dudes look different right and so that's one thing whenever you start looking at the recruiting at that level um we're going to look different when we already do one of my favorite dude is tony bradford the mayor and whenever i first got here he was probably like every other fan saying yeah 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 we've heard this before and then all of a sudden you know we bring guys in and they're they're freshmen that he's trying to help grow up and he's going coach i see exactly what you're talking about and so that's one way you you follow that plan but then you get players at the end of the day um, players win games, and you get better players, and you get longer and bigger players, and you get them to buy into the brand of football that you're going to play. I got a couple follow-ups off that because you said some really good stuff. One is, is the key to coaching college kids being genuine? Is that is that maybe the, the main thing or, or, or not? I think he's coaching anybody. You know, whenever, yeah. you, you know, whenever you're talking about, um, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say and, and and then back it up you know the one thing that i've tried to do since i've got here um it was totally it, it was a weird situation whenever i came because i came in with games left in the season but it allowed me to meet one-on-one with the team versus meeting as a team and me selling this vision i was able to sit down and do it one-on-one with each player and, and get them to understand where we were coming from and then saying hey call me out if i don't back it up at least try to back it up. You know, yeah. I mean, everything's not always going to work perfect, but, you know, if they see that you're giving effort to, to you know, set, getting them to understand what you're trying to do, it gives you a chance. And then that's where the genuine comes in. And then is depth really the difference between winning late and in a season? Is that where your program, like y'all, like y'all did, won your final four games? Is that the difference? Yeah, I think um, I, I think it's really important because, you know, we were actually talking the other day, nine out of the ten programs uh, in the Big 12 last year played multiple quarterbacks. Wow. I think Iowa State was the only team that didn't play a, a, a multiple quarterbacks. And so just from that position alone, but you turn around, um, you know, the number of snaps, the effort that we want to play with, we call it Red Raider speed and violence, and it's overwhelming effort play after play. And, and so it's one of those deals of having guys that you can go out there. I mean, we want to play, and it's, it's based on we've got to do our job as coaches, but on defense, we want to play 18 to 22 guys or more every single game, and then that allows us to be stronger at the end of the year. And the next uh, question from inside the Red Raider subscriber, Texan44, who says, uh, Tex receiving a lot of love. Uh, the top 25 rankings, even some college football playoff talk. How does uh, Coach McGuire use that height but also keep that aggressive underdog grip? Yeah, you know, I think uh, a one is is we we can't shy away from it. You know, it, it's uh, the expectations are out there. Our players in the world that you live in, the world that we live in, you know, it's social media driven. It's in front of you every single day. Yeah. These guys have more information at the touch of a finger in this generation than any generation ever like google anything i mean if you want to google the expectations of the football team thousands of articles are going to pop up right and so you got to talk about it you can't shy away from it but then 
if you are the brand and you're working for that every day, then that keeps you that keeps that grit and toughness and that chip on your shoulder that you're the toughest, hardest working, most competitive team in the country. And uh, you know, that you're gonna do that in everything that you do. And and so I think that keeps that and we're going to call each other out. And I tell the players, man, like, look, you ain't going to hurt my feelings. You call me out. I mean, I hope you do it the right way respectfully. I'm going to try to do it the right way respectfully to you. But we're going to call each other out. That, that, that You're either the brand or you're not. And if you're not the brand, then we're going to say, why not? And how do we fix it? Yeah, I love that. And then uh, 54th Street uh, asks, do the players and coaching staff realize just how incredibly hungry this fan base is for success? Does that add more pressure or more, or more motivation? No, I, I think we do. I will tell you this, guys. I, I've, I've said it many a times. You know, I, I am etern- internally driven. Like, I want to win. Um, it, I, I want to win as bad as anybody that I think has ever worked, walked the face of the earth. I want to win. What has even grown that fire even more is being around this fan base and seeing how hungry and how important it is that it's even fueled that fire even more. So um, I, I want to make sure our guys, I, I really try to make sure our guys understand the love that they are getting and, and how important it is because that keeps their attitude, I think. Um, they have a gratitude of thank you very much for supporting us the way you do. And so um, I'll tell you this, I, I one thing that people are going to hear a lot, I think, uh, you know, the Midland and that group heard it yesterday, but 60 minutes of us. Can they handle 60 minutes of us? And the us is the football team, but the people that are going to show up on Saturday against Oregon, the people that are going to show up on Saturday against Tarleton State. Jones AT&T is the toughest place to play in America when they get 60 minutes of us. And so I need that fan base that is hungry, that is fired up to understand they got to show up too, and they, tr- trust me, they affect the game. And so we're going to find out if people can handle 60 minutes of us. I want to go hit somebody, man. Yeah. I'm, go <laughs> I'm fired up too, man. I'm telling you. All right, next question. Red Raider grad, how do they balance time between coaching and recruiting? What's the time ratio? You know, right now it's all recruiting uh, because all the coaches, um, I saw a couple of them in the office because Friday kind of slows everything down. Um, but, you know, all the all the staff, uh, on the field staff is out recruiting, you know, seeing future Red Raiders. And then that's where the QCs and GAs, our young coaches, are so valuable because they're breaking everything down. They're really preparing everything for June for the team, why all the other coaches are out on the road. And so... There's different times, um, you know, we have time set in our schedule to recruit, but once you get in the season, you got to really spend 99% and then you got to go over, I guess, 100% if you can in the recruiting part, but 99% has got to be concentrated on the team and winning on Saturday. And so there's different parts of the year that, you know, the the balance shifts and the importance shifts. Um, June... It really, honestly, June is probably one of our busiest months. I think it is the busiest month outside of of a football season because you're going to have camps that you're evaluating potential guys. You've got official visits that you're bringing guys in, and then you have your team that you're trying to build um, for the fall. And so it, June's a crazy month for us. <laughs> 
And then uh, Easy One wants to know, who will be the freshmen and sophomores that you expect to make some noise next season? Oh, man, that's a great question, man. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you right now, two freshmen that jump off the page to me um, that I'll be shocked if they redshirt is, uh, is B.J. Jordan. Uh, he plays. He's the number two right now in the depth chart at Star. He'll be backing up C.J. Baskerville. Had a phenomenal spring. And then Mikael Dingle, uh, the linebacker that pointed at the Big 12 uh, indoor and probably would have come in the finals if he hadn't tripped over the hurdles in the outdoor. I think those two guys, without a doubt, as a freshman, um, are you know, going to make an impact. Um, now, I will tell you, our freshman class, man, we've got some dudes. I call them the triplets. we got three DBs, you know, and, and that, you know, will, will help us. But I just think with BJ, body-wise, he's 210 pounds right now. And so he's going to be able to hold up and be able to play. Um, and, and then sophomore-wise, you go back, and uh, I think Joseph Adetere, he's one kid that we didn't redshirt, that's going to have a, a, a really good year for us. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Bryson Donnell, you saw flashes last year. The tough thing to say at a running back, uh, Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez are dudes, and they're going to, man, I'm so excited about that that room. But, you know, I think whenever you look at that, and then one other guy that I definitely want to talk about, I talked to him the other day, he's a redshirt, soft, uh, redshirt freshman, which I think is a sophomore, mm-hmm. is uh, Ben Roberts. You know, you're going to see yeah. Ben Roberts um, play a lot at linebacker. Um, you know, you've got a good mix in there, uh, but you, you bring back Jacob Rodriguez, and then you have uh, Josiah Pierre and and uh, Matthews, but you're going to see a lot of Ben Roberts. Um, I think he's going to have a really good year for us. One more question. I'm skipping ahead here. I wanted to ask you, make sure we got in. It was uh, from a, a dude named Texan. Who would be on the 4 by one relay, and who would be the alternate up from Tech in terms of just pure speed? Oh, wow, man. Well, what's crazy is uh, Miguel Dinga would be one, but wow. then you might have to say three guys that not are on campus are two, three, four, and five. Now, I, I mean, two, three, four. Um, I think uh, Dre McCray would have something to say about that because uh, he's got some speed. But you got to realize what we're bringing in. We're bringing in two linebackers that will run for Wes Kitley. Now, let me say this again. You're talking about the Big 12 indoor and outdoor champ and i'm telling you two linebackers are going to run for him next year then you're bringing in two corners you're bringing in macho stevenson and you're bringing miles thompson that both are running 10 threes and they're going to have a chance to run for him run for him and so What's really cool is those are defensive players. I told y'all we're going to play defense in West Texas. Right, right, yeah. And so that's really that's a big deal. But, like, um, you know, there's other guys definitely. But though, I'm going to tell you, the four freshmen, they're going to they're gonna go out and challenge anybody and say, hey, let's see if we can get the stick around the track and, and beat all these old guys. All right. So Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire with us on Rock and Pregame today. And stick around for one more segment here. You got it. Man, let's just stick around here all day and talk. <laughs> I, could, I could do it. I trust I me. I can, it. man. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I know this time of year, I'm so ready for college football to get oh, back. So man. just to sit here yes, and talk sir. about it. Feels good. So, yeah, we'll get more from uh, Coach McGuire coming up next year on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 1. It's the Red Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Chrome, Mitch Hall Chevrolet, and Signs on the Go. Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire with us today on the Rock and Pregame. Coach, I mean, I, I hear people say all the time, man, 
Joey McGuire is everywhere. I mean, it's <laughs> like you cloned yourself or something. Well, I mean, I, you, you're everywhere. I told you Tim DeRuiter's my stunt double. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, you know, the thing, the, the, the thing that I, like, really just thrive on and get my energy from is, is being around passionate people. And that's the Red Raiders. I just define, wait, what are the Red Raiders? Passionate people. And so I love being around the Red Raiders. And any time I get a chance to go visit, uh, I try to be around. I want to, and then I love being around our players. One of my really good friends, Judd Hardage, uh, uh, you know, he's a diehard Red Raider. He actually told Kirby, he said, you know, whenever he was at the press conference, he said, I'm going to tell you right now, that brand is fixed to be 24-7 everywhere because I do understand the importance of uh, recruiting. I understand the importance of uh, being around our fan base and letting them know who we are. And so, you know, that's what uh, we choose to do, and that's what we want to do. And, and so I do. I try to be anywhere and everywhere whenever it comes to the Red Raiders and Texas Tech. Well, you've been able to do some things lately. How was going to the NFL draft and being oh. there with Tyree? Man, I'm going to tell you, that was uh, takeaway uh, coaching in games and, and winning big games and stuff like that. Uh, but just like the football part of coaching um, and maybe that venue is probably the coolest thing I've ever done. Uh, the NFL does an absolutely incredible job. They've done such a great job of moving that from New York and letting it be in different cities because that city just takes over. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people were there. Um, but, man, whenever I was on stage with the commissioner and all the other coaches, and I look back, it looked like four football fields of just a massive humanity. <laughs> and then to sit there and watch Tyree Wilson get that call and his family and the just the emotions and the realness. And, you know, you got a big 6'6 guy tearing up, and, and it, it was just incredible. And, and I was so proud for him, and I was so proud for us because – he was one of the few. If I, I don't know if there was another kid that was representing their university the way he was. Mm. You know, he opened up his coat and there's the double T. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really see anybody else like that. And so that was really cool. Well, and I think people could see on that video. I mean, when when he's hugging, I think he was hugging his mom. I think it was you and Blanchard in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were just like a proud papa. And I you was. were so invested in these guys. Yeah, you know, I love my guys. I really do. I'm. I, what's really cool is um, I'm going to do my second wedding. Uh, James Lockhart's getting married in July in Dallas. I'm going to officiate. Um, and then Tyler Shuck asked me, asked me to officiate his wedding next April. And uh, so we'll, do, we'll fly to California and do that. And so, and, you know, what's that say about me? What it says is I love my players. I love them unconditionally. I understand that, uh, like every other human, we're, we're flawed and we're going to make mistakes. And I make them every single day. You can ask my wife. Um, she'll tell you. But it, I do love my guys, you know, and, and seeing that and, and seeing how that just, that was generational. That, that just changed his family, you know, uh, and just his kids that he doesn't have, you know, just like his kids' kids and his kids. It just changed everything. It's like Dennis Wilburn graduating. He's the first graduate ever. He's the first graduate from college in the history of his family. Wow. Right? That's that cool. just changed everything because yeah. now the expectation is as a – as his part of his family, you're going to school and you're going to graduate, and and so stuff like that just gets me fired up. And then from coach on the father's side, your daughter just got married. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. A lot of New Yorkers descended on Texas, man. You know, the I, I told you earlier, the Vinnies and the Doms and the Anthonys, and and we had a blast. We had so much fun.
Well, and then, uh, Coach, uh, where, where are you on this crane thing? I was just out. I spoke to the Idaho Honors class at yeah. the Jones the other day, and I looked at it, and, I mean, it's a skinny little <laughs> – I mean, what, what are you going to do? I'm ready there? to roll, man. Are you still uh, doing that? Oh, yeah, I'm doing it. We're getting the exact date and getting everything cleared. But, uh, you know, Jonathan Boutros, uh, you know, who, who works with us, he did it. And I'm not going to let that dude to one up. I'm going to just go in there. I mean, you can't be the brand and let somebody That's else right. do it. Is, is, Kenny, and, uh, is Kenny going up with you? I, don't, I think Kenny's scared of heights. But, you know, I just threw that out there. I'm not scared oh, of heights. Man. I'm really fired up. If they let me bungee off of it, I would do that too. Oh, no. I don't think they're going to oh, let no, me do no, that. No, I hope they don't. No, 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 don't, no. Just don't do that. No. Don't do that. I, let me speak for the fan base. Yeah, just don't do that. No, I'm not doing that, but I'm going up the crane. I promise you. That is awesome. Hey, I told you at that National Football Foundation, I just wanted to thank you on the behalf of Lubbock. You raised everybody up uh, with what's going on with this football team. It's the heartbeat of our community, and more people are just have more pep in their step because we're so prideful of what you guys are doing, so thank you. Now, thank you for saying that, man. We live in the greatest place. I just absolutely love Lubbock and West Texas, and and uh, man, I, I just I want to make people proud. And it, you know, I know I definitely know that comes with wins, but I think it's also it comes with the style of play, and and then the attitude uh, from our team of how much we appreciate being in Lubbock and being Red Raiders. It's also how generous you are with your time, doing yeah. a lot of interviews, but also out with the fans. And I have more fan questions. Let's, Let's do it, man. More, so. Let's do uh, it. This is from Teeny Pepper, one of my favorite names on the board. He said, uh, obviously fans are obsessed with recruiting sites and stars and those kind of things. Uh, how much do you do you and your staff focus on that or not? Uh, what do you look at? Or is everything in-house and, and organic uh, and based on word of mouth and relationships? You know, everything is, uh, we have a plan. Uh, we don't, first of all, uh, most of the guys that we offer, if you follow us and track us, they don't have any stars because they hadn't been evaluated yet yes. because we're so ahead of the curve. And um, and we're gonna stay that way. We we have a plan. We just research like crazy. Track meets, basketball games, multi-sport athletes, um, and then we're looking at the film. And then we're trying to find verified times and numbers. And then once we get all of that, and we say this kid fits, we don't care who offers him or who if anybody offers him after us, right? Um, let me say like here's a perfect example. One of our lowest-rated players in this last class was Michael Dingle. The dude's going to play in the NFL if he stays healthy. He's going to do some phenomenal things. And this is what we believe in, and this is where we're going to go. And, and then, you know, when people start evaluating and look at the numbers and everything like that, usually guys go from no stars to three and four stars or a two-star going to four or five stars. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we really try to stick to our plan and, and really don't, you know, want anything else to come to effect to change the way we're doing it. I could vouch for them getting on early in a lot of these guys because I, I had to create so many more profiles than in, in, in the years yeah. past because you all hear about them early. How, how do you? Is it the relationships? Or uh, how do you find these guys so early? Yeah, it's a, it's one, I'll say, the relationship, but that's not, like, number one. Number one is we have a personnel staff in James Blanchard, Brian Nance, Sean Kinney, and Jake Pittman, and literally those four guys, and then they have four student workers that work with them. When they come into the building to when they leave the building, all they do is evaluate film. That is their sole purpose and job 
and um, we're very unique from the standpoint I trust those guys to say, Coach, this is who we're going to offer. It was really hard. We talked about Drueger at first. He kind of was like, ah. Um, and, and I get it, you know, because this is very untraditional. But yeah. it's basically saying, hey, Coach, let's offer this kid. And we go to the coaches and say, here's who you're recruiting. You know, yeah. and, and so it eliminates a lot um, to where we watch guys faster because a lot of times, uh, traditionally, you're going to go out and you're say, okay, Tim, I need you to watch this guy. And he might have ten guys on his desk, but he's also trying to – come up with a game plan and we cut that kind of out of saying we're going to watch it we want his definitely want his expertise and everything but when it comes down to who we're recruiting i, I believe in those guys and um you know I, i'm right there in there with them i whenever we're ready to offer a guy we watch film and i'm saying hey thumbs up let's roll that is unique from at least my experience yeah. like blanchard I, I think i don't know if the common texas tech fan realizes how important he is to, to the whole operation, the recruiting operation, and I, so you're basically saying he has a green light. Like, he does because I've heard I've interviewed so many recruits who said, you know, Coach Blanchard is the one who offered me, which yeah. is different. That, that's it's totally different. different, totally different. You know, the uh, it's funny whenever uh, he was trying to decide what he was going to do, I told him, I said, Blanche, you're about to walk into a place that the only person that can tell you no is me. And I said, how many times have we differed? and thought that that guy wasn't good enough. And he goes, well, I really can't think of any. I said, then get your butt on the plane and let's go win. Let's go win the Big 12, man. Yeah. And and so I think he understands the faith that I have in him. And how do I have that faith? One, he's got great experience whenever he was at Baylor. But even before that, you know, he was. that's how he kind of got his name. He was doing it, sending it to colleges. And then he goes to the NFL and he spends – uh, over a year and a half with Matt Roy yeah. as a scout. And so this dude scouted the best of the best and knows what it looks like. And so whenever you start talking through that, and then we are big on numbers. We're going to get verified numbers, yeah. whether it be in track, whether it be you know sending a video to a high school coach and say, hey, this is how we want you to measure them, video it, and send it back to us, and then we're ready to go. Yeah. It's a K-O-N-E Lubbock. Uh, Jay Forfeit uh, on Inside the Red Raiders asked uh, your, on your views on realignment and what you think the conference will look like in a few years and if it even matters to you. You know, um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we've got, I think we've got the best commissioner in college football. He is, he is a very aggressive, you know, I love whenever one of his first statements is the Big 12s are open for business. And I think over the next, I don't know, I, can, I mean, I, I can't predict whether it be a week, six weeks, or whenever. Um, the Big 12 is going to look different, you know, and, and I think we are. I think he's aggressively looking at different people that you can add. I will tell you this. It's going to be extremely competitive. Um, and, and if you look at the past few years, uh, the people that are leaving, they're, they're, real, they're, they're good programs, but it's not like they've dominated this conference uh, in the last three years. Um, you look at the last year where K-State and TCU played and K-State won it. The year before that, it was Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State, you know, and Baylor won it. The year before that, it was OU and Iowa State in, in the uh, Big 12 championship. You look at the year before that, it was Baylor and OU in the Big 12 championship. So you've had a really good mix of teams that are playing for the championship. That's just in football. Yeah. You look at, you know, basketball, and uh, that, it says a lot of the people that are staying that are still in the conference, Baylor and Kansas and Texas yeah. Tech. And so, you know, what we're losing versus what, we have and what we're gaining um 
is going to be a very, very competitive conference. Well, uh, Coach Joey McGuire with us on the Rocket pregame. Coach, we appreciate you stopping by today, talk some red bear football, and uh, and good luck in the the upcoming season here, man. We're all anxious. I wish it was this weekend. Hey, I, I know, me too, man. <laughs> me too. Thanks, I'm coach. ready. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. All right, we come back here. We'll talk some uh, Red Raider baseball with the Red Raider dugout, Keith Patrick, joining us here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Free Game Live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Free Game on Rock 101.1, live from the Bubba's 33 at the South Plains Mall with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rock and Free Game, Jeff Scott. Texas Tech Baseball Update with Red Raider Dugouts, Keith Patrick. All right, Keith, welcome back to the show here. And as uh, always have to uh, do when we start the show here, so, so is, it, is it a poncho shirt or a howler? <laughs> it's a poncho today. Yeah. yeah. Like I, the pon- That's a nice look one, man. I like that short you. sleeve, pearl yeah, snaps. it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Can't go wrong, man. I know. I, I tell you, the, the next one I'm getting is the uh, I want the solid black short sleeve with the pearl. That's snaps, it, yeah. man. That's it, man. That's what, that. What's that? Uh, Johnny Cash look, baby. Yeah, right. That's that's right. right. Yeah. Hard to beat that. Oh, fell in. Pete's face. We always say terrible. We always say good guy. And now pearl snaps. Pearl Every snaps week it. I hear pearl snaps. Pete, you got to do it. That's what I'm getting you for Christmas, man. What? Some pearl snaps? A poncho yes. or pearl snaps. Oh, my yeah, God. Man. Come on. I can't wear it as good as Keith. Yeah, so. but you're basically a Texan now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so even a guy from Syracuse, uh, went to Syracuse, can, can wear a pearl snap. Okay. It's okay. We'll accept you for that. I was I was listening to the uh, D1 baseball podcast, and y'all's guy, Kendall Rogers, was was giving Aaron Fitt a hard time. Fitt's from North Carolina. Aaron, you know, Aaron's from Houston. And uh, and he was like, yeah, man, you own a Pearl Snap. You've worn it at the College World Series. He's like, no, I don't own anything like that. He, he's just <laughs> explaining <laughs> to him what it is. It's like, no, you wore it. I saw it. it you have it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, those Pearl Snaps are sharp, man. Well, let's cut right to the chase. Uh-huh. Tough loss last night. Yeah. 3-1 to Kansas. Where is this baseball team sitting? So um, RPI has obviously been a big part of the conversation coming down the stretch. You have been firmly on the bubble for several weeks now since K-State, I would say. And so this was one of those deals. You got one in West Virginia, and you desperately needed it. It bumped you up like 12 spots in the RPI, kind of from the bubble to basically off. You know, you were up to 39-40. You entered this weekend at 41. And then the interesting thing in West Virginia, and, you know, always get me started on the RPI, but you, <laughs> you win a game and you go up 12 spots. You lose two more, and you don't drop at all because – Playing West Virginia is bumping up your strength of schedule, so then you don't end up moving. So you're in a pretty good spot needing to come in and and honestly get a sweep because at that point uh, Kansas is like 114th in the RPI. So uh, they weren't going to help you, but they were going to hurt you if you had a loss. So get the sweep. May bump into the 30s. You don't. So last night you dropped seven spots down to 48 in the RPI. Um, you cannot afford to slide any further. You know, then you're right back on the bubble. So I, I'm not saying it's a win or stay home, but it's certainly a it's a win. The, these next two, or you are firmly right back on the bubble and and very potentially out of the conversation for the postseason. Wow. Just following up on what Pete just asked you and what you just said, if they win these next two games, win the series. Do you feel confident enough to say they're in? They're going to be obviously not host, but be in. No, host is way off the table at this point. No, I, 
if they win these next two and and you don't take any RPI hit, you know, from some weirdness just within that system, you're probably okay. Yeah. You know, I, I still think that you're right there in a bubble type conversation. You may not be a last four in, but you're you're right there in that bubble. It just and you certainly can't afford to lose, but it just doesn't look good either, just for your resume. You know, I don't yeah. think they pay a lot of attention to conference tournaments. Uh, you definitely, it's not going to hurt you to go win your first couple there for sure if you can do that, but. Um, I think that just that this team playing against Kansas in your own house with your back against the wall and you're not able to get it done the way you want to, it doesn't look good to that committee. And uh, I I think at this point you're really hoping to be, obviously hoping to be in, but, I mean, a three seed in a regional somewhere is kind of just like last season, kind of where you're you're most likely going to end up. That's the projections. Where are the issues of concern with this team? You know, uh, well, certainly last night you gave them your absolute best shot uh, on the mound. I mean, Mason Molina, performance yeah, yeah. Molina's seven innings ends up with one run, and it was his final inning. They had back to back to back hits, so end up with an RBI single and and get a guy across, and and that's their first run of the game at that point. Uh, he had 13 strikeouts; it's a career high. He had a previous career high with a dozen, you know, against Baylor. Um, I mean, as good as you could possibly ask for from a starter, really. And then you bring your best closer in. You got Beckel; you're feeling really good. Um, so from the pitching standpoint, you know, you kind of you give them your best shot and your bats just didn't show up. And I think that's your problem. You look across really a lot of April and you pair into the numbers and kind of maybe you take out one outlier type of situation and things have just not been good offensively. The bats have gotten cold. Uh, you've moved your lineup around a little bit trying to find the answer. Vuletic has entered as a as a consistent uh, contributor now. Had a two-hit game last night again, but... Um, you you normally hit much better than that at home, and, and you just shut yourself completely down. And, and you got to tip your cap to Kansas. They pitched a good game between their three guys. But the, the other thing at this point in the season in baseball, the book is out on you. I mean, there's no more secrets, and there haven't been. But, I mean, Kansas shifted you a bunch. They shifted you in the outfield a bunch, and they played you really well. Vuletic is one of those. Uh, I mean, hit a great shot down the line, and you're thinking, hey, that's that's extra bases, and it's a, it's a fly out. You know, because they were shifting on him, uh, you're left-handed heavy, and you, you hit to the pull side a lot, you know, and they know that, and they're playing you that way. And so the run you scratched across last night uh, was a run where you bunted against the shift, and you got a little help with an error, and you scratch the guy across, and and that's kind of you. You got to put the pressure on, and play a little small ball if they're going to be able to play you from an analytics standpoint. This way, you got to hit against that shift. I want to jump in, and switch gears real quick. I know Keith, you care about all tech sports. I do. Tech got a big commitment um, just announced on Twitter here minutes ago, and Austin Massey inside the Red Rears uh, also reported on it. I'm going to try my best, uh, Emily Yalaho. Uh, from Finland, actually, 6'8 Ford committed to Texas Tech. He recently visited. Um, this is a huge addition for Red Raider basketball. This is exactly what they, the next step they needed to add to their roster. Uh, he chose Tech over uh, other offers that included Georgetown, Providence, and Nebraska. So, a uh, big get for Texas Tech here. Uh, and I'll let Sean try and pronounce her, or Pete. No. <laughs> uh, Pete pronounce his name I'll again. But, uh, bottom line, versatile 6'8 Ford. Uh, who is is pretty raw, but uh, he's a guy who can add exactly what they needed. They got Warren Washington 
relatively recently committed. He's like seven-footer, uh, isn't he? Yeah, yeah seven-footer from yeah. Arizona State. So this roster, a lot of people were really nervous about, uh, was really coming together. I'm sorry to cut into your time. I just want no, to No, you're that. good. You're totally fine. I'm over here enamored with this football helmet, just realizing <laughs> there's a light on the inside of it. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's awesome. There's some pretty cool names on that. No, that's a that's a good get. I mean, not a basketball aficionado by any means, but a good get to have a guy that, that seems like he's got kind of a bunch of tools, like a lot of right. opportunity to be a to be an anything guy for you. Yeah, indeed. How are we looking? What do you, what do you, who's pitching tonight? What do you expect in tonight? Expect to see Trendon Parrish tonight. Certainly hoping to see him back to form. Um, and Coach Tadlock said in the midweek availability that he was surprised with Parrish last weekend. You know, he just kind of fell apart for him. He's walking in runs, and, and ultimately I think he ended up kind of pitching for the next day in that game um, against West Virginia last Saturday. And so I want to see Parrish back to form and seeing – you know, the command and control back and him, you know, with his confidence and fire. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I think I, I almost feel like it's a trend and parish rule right now. As many people are getting tossed out of games in college baseball this year over, you know, being too flamboyant, excited, whatever it is, trend and parish is that guy. So whatever you got to do, like run a guy down on third, like get him something to get him fired up without getting kicked out of the game, you know, but, but get him the, the excitement because he's an emotional guy. But you got to have him back to form and you got to see the bats pick up. I mean, whatever it is. And, Use your speed, use the bunt, like whatever. And I'm not a big sacrifice fan, but put the pressure on in the infield, you know, and, and try to make them make some mistakes because uh, obviously last night you just couldn't string it together the way you needed to. And you mentioned that, you know, they don't really look at the conference tournament, but, I mean, if they slip in one of these two games and, and lose the tourney or whatever, I mean, are they going to have to win the tournament? I mean, you're certainly going to have to go make noise, you know. And, and really what happens is, in my opinion, that, that committee is making their decisions to some extent by Friday. Yeah. You know, and so they've done a lot of that work already by Friday. They're just waiting for automatic qualifiers to come in from conference tournaments and selection days on Monday. And so, and they announced the host sites on Sunday, but the selections on Monday. And so I think winning the tourney, tourney beyond getting an AQ Winning the tourney, I don't know how much it really helps you in the resume department, but winning in the week, you know, winning those first couple games and earlier in the week, you know, maybe that helps boost your resume a little bit. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I, I think you look at this team, it's like you needed this sweep. You couldn't yeah. get it done last night. Uh, it was a heartbreaker with one swing in the ninth, you know, that, that gives them the lead. Uh, but ultimately, you've got to get these bats waking up. And, I mean, this is it. You are who you are. Are you going to go take care of business against really one of the worst teams in the conference in your own house with your back against the wall? That's the question. I mean, if you don't do that, you probably don't deserve it, right? I mean, that's kind of where I've been, man. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you want to get in, you want to keep the streak alive, you want the momentum, you want an extra chance to play and and be seen and and all those things. Kind of the conversations you have with bowls. Same thing in football. Yeah, all that's positive, but uh, I mean, and you want to get on a hot streak and you want to think that this team is going to go light it up in the postseason and things like that. But, man, yeah, I, I am of that opinion, Jared. If you're if you're not able to take care of business when you really need to, do you deserve to get there? Well, why has this team been, in your opinion, I mean, you follow, on, quite honestly, take baseball you know, night and day closer than I do. Uh, why has this team struggled? Why has it been inconsistent this season? You know, I think that what we understate about this team, and we've talked a lot about how new they are and yeah, a lot about yeah. how young they are, and I think that is uh, totally legitimate. But I think what we have not talked enough about is the losses on this team. And you had preseason losses 
that would have made this team look dramatically different. Uh, I think you would have had a different second baseman in Gavin Ducart that came from Oregon State. You lost him to injury. Uh, that would have pushed your, your DH conversation looking different with Green and Vuletic and other guys. Uh, I think that you lost your third baseman most likely in a preseason injury too in Travis Sanders, uh, who's a shortstop, but I think that's probably you would have been in that mix, which may have put Kevin Bazell full-time behind the plate. And so then you have a better defensive option back there, and, and, and he is the best thrower out of those three guys. And so I think it just you changed the complexion. You lost what was potentially a starting pitcher in Jack Washburn that came from Ole Miss, Owen Washburn's brother. So you hate losing all these guys preseason. You don't know what it's going to do. You're trying to be confident. But I do think it really changed the complexion. And then there's other guys that just haven't done what you expected. I think there was definitely an expectation that Brendan Gurton was going to have a really big season. Yeah. And he's had a season of some struggles, you know. And so um, those are the kind of things, like, all of a sudden you get thin when guys aren't there, for one, and then not able to step up and, and fill that void. Uh, and then, you know, add Bo Blessy into that conversation, yeah. too, you know, just from an injury standpoint and not able to, you know, physically have the longevity that you need without long, long recovery times. He was a guy that was just every other Red Raider player preseason was talking about this guy's nasty. Yep. This is his year. He's really going to blow up. And then uh, he got hurt, right? He got hurt. Yeah, he's got a he's got a similar. It's really a similar injury, by my understanding, uh, to what Brandon Birdsell dealt with mm-hmm. last year, you yeah. know, and it was. Hey, it's a non-surgical thing that just takes a long time to come back. And then for him, and with the way he throws and, and the strength he has, that injury, uh, when it gets aggravated, it just takes a long time to come back from. And so you try to pitch short to not get aggravated, but then his game is, hey, go out there and own six innings as a starter. And so that's a hard place to find somewhere for him to be. And then how long do you lose him for? So, yeah, I, I think that – and I don't want to just say, hey, it's just injuries. No, there's, there's other issues, obviously. You're not hitting – Situationally, You're not hitting when you need to. Pitchers have been up and down. Um, you've just struggled to put it all together at one time on the field. And, and I'll just acknowledge, I mean, on social media, everybody wants to fire the pitching coach. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. It, it's yeah. just, that, it's yeah. just yeah. like football. You know, it's right. like, oh, yeah. we got to fire the defensive coordinator or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is a guy that's been around a long time, that's done a lot for this team, that has a ton of success, a lot of guys doing great in pro ball. I don't know enough about baseball from the coaching side to know Yes or no? Like, is that his fault? Is it not? You know, like, yeah. I don't – nobody does, really, unless you're those guys. Like, it's, it's right. a mystery sport from that standpoint, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, but, but I think that one of the most – one of the, the biggest strengths of what this team has been under Tim Tadlock has been the consistency in the staff, and the players will tell you that, you know, that like, hey, I wanted to come here because I knew the guy I had a relationship with was going to be here, you know, and wasn't going to leave, and they developed guys, and, and they credit those pitchers – credit those guys matt gardner included in developing them and making them what they are so it's hard for me to get on board with that even though i'm frustrated just like fans are you know you want to win but and i guarantee you those guys want to win there's no question in my mind so um i you have to acknowledge it because there's a lot of conversation on on social media about it but message boards yeah yeah people want to find somebody to be mad at but at the end of the day it's been kind of a it it's been one of those this has been a probably a better coaching a better coach season than we give Tim Tadlock credit for right. because of the things you're dealing with and trying to put back together. Interesting, yeah. All right, sense. now I'm going to try to to, okay. to drop the Derby Dinger dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I forgot about this guy. I really enjoyed watching him when he played Orlando Garcia. Oh, yeah. Orlando Garcia, yeah. He played for a while. I'm not going to know okay. off the top of my head where. You kind of There's a stump oh, there. Oh, stump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It finally happened. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't be clean. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it only took six, seven, eight weeks. Finally yeah. happened. <laughs> no, uh, Orlando did play for a little while and then and has since come out. And I want to say that he's actually uh, coaching at this point. Okay. So, yeah, nice. yeah. What, what about, how, do you know how far uh, Jamadric Magruder went? Another name. Oh, that's I a throwback. About. That's yes. a stealing guy right there. I forgot there. about that guy. Jamadric Magruder, no, I, I don't. That's a guy that, uh, that's a guy that, that a little bit of time, but didn't get a, a whole lot of opportunity, I think. And um, I don't even, I don't know what Jamadric's actually doing right now, for sure. That's that's the early years of the Tim Tadlock era. You got to be epic with a name like Jamadric Magruder. That's, that's awesome. Man. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He was a terror on the base pass. You remember, it, and that's, that's my stage name. That's that Saturday Night Live skit. Magruder. It was like MacGyver, but it's MacGruber. That's hot. All right. All right. Well, Pete, congratulations for Keith there. But Keith, tell everybody where they can find you on Red Raider Dugout all year. I will. RedRaiderDugout.com and Dinger Derby Podcast. David Carr and I had a new one of those on Wednesday night. We've been a little busy with life. David's got a senior right now. Now and so trying to keep up with all that, but uh, RedRaiderDugout.com, that's still rolling, and then um, you can find us on Twitter at RedRaiderDugout. I will be at a game tonight. I will not be getting texted by the SID calling me out for not being there. I'll be there covering oh. the game. I'm excited to uh, to be back. So, yep, y'all get out and watch some Tech Baseball. They need you this weekend. Yeah. All right, Keith Patrick, Red Raider Dugout. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy your weekend, and uh, gosh, when we come back here, we're going to talk some soccer. Uh, Love of Matadors, getting ready to kick off the nice. season. The home opener's coming up. It was supposed to be, what, last weekend, I guess, but uh, Mother Nature did not cooperate. So uh, we'll get you filled in on all that. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rocket Pre-Game, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pre-Game, Jeff Scott. The Lubbock Matadors. All right. Got the home opener coming up. It was supposed to be last weekend, right? And then got all the rain and... Uh... Yeah, we had uh, Mother Nature step in, and now we have a new home opener. So we went from right. red out to white out night. Well, nobody's going to complain about the rain around here. No. But you never want to, you know, rain it out of sporting event. But you can't complain. You take the rain when you get it, I yeah. guess. Right. Yeah, it's, it's actually good news. We're going to reschedule the game for July. So now we got our last match in July instead of June. Uh, and we'll play back-to-back West Texas FC for the... Uh, golden tumbleweed, so oh, yeah. it'll right. be great. That'll be, that'll be oh, that fun. worked out good. Yeah. Well, Coach Gilbert, what does that do for the team having to have that anticipation, and now you got to wait another week? Yeah, you know that's um, initially it's it's difficult because the guys they're just they're prepared. Uh, we've been working all week, ready for this match, and then then it kind of gets postponed. So you're you're going back to the drawing board and figuring out, okay, when do we train now? When do we when do we take a couple days off? Um, but you know we. We work hard as a staff and as a group, and so I think I think we've managed it as best we can. And uh, the anticipation has only built up over the last week, and so we're ready to go for Saturday. And now you got Brownsville coming in. Who? Tell us about them. What do you know? Yeah. So uh, Brownsville is a a very talented group of players. Um, you know, last year they came in second in the league. We went down there. I thought we played really well. Uh, didn't get the the victory. Gave up a late penalty that. That kind of sealed the deal for us, uh, or for them to, to win the match, but we're ready. We, this is one of those that we've been looking forward to because we felt like we left a little bit on the table 
last year uh, in terms of when we played down there. So we're ready, and we're, we're, we're excited for this game. And, Dustin, what, what do you want to say to fans out there? Again, there are some who have never even heard of the Matadors, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is come check us out. Home opener is always the best one to be at. Uh, we did get the pregame party set up for this coming game. So if you want to show up uh, 5 o'clock out at the ballpark uh, at Cooper Pirate Stadium, we're going to have uh, beer, uh, food trucks, and uh, games for kids. So it's going to be a really good time. Uh, whiteout night, there's some cool giveaways going away. And we got our first ever flyover happening uh, tomorrow night as well. Oh, that's awesome. And then just, I know school's about to end. Mention all the camps. Yeah, so we have some uh, great soccer camps coming up. We got one uh, here in May, one in June, and one in July. So go to our website, lubbockmatadors.com. There's a great way to go connect with the players. Uh, it's a really fun experience, even if your kid's not super high level with soccer, but great way to come out and engage with us. Well, Coach, an, an extra week of practice. I'm sure the, the team's gotten even better in this last week. Yeah, so we're... Uh we're, we're getting to our whole group of guys now. So we got a couple guys in on Tuesday. Uh, we have one more whose who's, uh, flight details uh, have kind of been, been put on hold for a minute. So he'll be here probably next week. But really, this is our group. This is the group we have for the summer. And uh, we're just excited to get sessions in with everybody here. So really proud of the work we've put in up to this point and excited for, for the official game number one. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're ready. Well, you did a lot of good things last year. Crowds were big. Uh, but compare last year's team to this year's team, it's a big improvement. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and, you know, last year, like we've talked about before, you're, when you're recruiting, you're selling something that nobody's seen. Uh, no one's seen the setup in terms of living and food and, and games, and you're, you're selling this idea. Uh, but we kind of proved that concept, and so now it's, it's a little bit easier. So I think we have a more complete team this year in terms of the number of players the position the profiles of players and so hopefully that'll result in in uh, more points uh, in the league standings by the end of the year but uh, I think for us the the best thing we've been able to do is we've extended the quality over the entire player pool so there's not really a drop-off at all when we have to rotate guys or bring guys in off the bench and for that i'm super super happy well you know these guys they practice together they're coming from all over they're still gelling what do the guys do away from soccer as they continue to gel yeah so that that's the question we get asked in the recruiting cycle if you will like what what else is there to do besides train and play games and i think our number one priority has always been the community and so our front office has done an unbelievable job of setting up camps, of setting up community events, and players making appearances around town. So there's been a lot of those, and we're going to continue to do those uh, throughout the summer. And so guys do that. And then the second piece that they do is, you know, they just develop relationships with people. And so we'll, we'll see families throughout the summer. They'll, they'll kind of adopt a, a player and take them in, and, and the player will spend time with the family and get to know them, and stuff like that is, is great. One of the best stories we have from last summer is a player came here, and then, you know, he met this family, and they had a great relationship, and this, this, uh, this May, he graduated from college, and I saw the picture of the whole family uh, hundreds traveled hundreds of miles to go to his graduation and I thought that was really special and yeah. a great snapshot of the impact that our young our young men can have uh, on the people of this community and the people of the community 
on them. And I, I just want to add one point on that. I, this game is all about youth investment, so we're that's kind of what this is all about. We're going to have some nonprofit givebacks for that, and uh, it's been really fun. A lot of the guys this week have been doing kicking and reading programs. Uh, so we've been going to schools, going to libraries, uh, and our guys have gotten to read with the kids, and then we've gone outside, uh, done some parking lot ball, and it's just been fun to be able to pass out and uh, give back in that way. So um, we're really about recruiting culture guys that understand that that's the most important piece in addition to winning games. Coach, what do you think the, the keys to the, to the match are going to be for Saturday? Yeah, so for us, I think we've got to defend really well. Uh, Brownsville, we've seen them play a couple times. A ton of good attacking players. They put a lot of numbers forward. And so we, we've got to be very organized and make plays in the defensive area of the field. And then I think I think for us, our, our attacking players, they got to use their pace. I think, you know, we, we have a lot of guys who are very explosive, very fast in terms of their actions towards goal. And I think if we can utilize that and put them in good, good positions to do that, uh, we'll be successful. All right, so uh, that home opener coming up. Dustin, let everybody know, uh, you know, if they don't know where to get tickets, maybe it's their first chance or hearing it going, man, I think I would like to check that out. Yeah, you can get them at LubbockMadors.com. If you get them today, uh, you will save a bit of money, but we do have walk-up box office. So uh, if you get curious tomorrow, you want to come check it out, you can buy tickets day of. Again, we got some great giveaways. We've got some cool halftime. Um, if you're out in the Cooper area, we're going to be recognizing Cooper School District uh, tomorrow night as well. So. Come be a part of it, and uh, I promise you'll have a great time. All right, Dustin McCorkle and Paul Gilbert from the Lubbock Matadors. Thanks for dropping by, guys, and good luck in the game. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Yes. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. All right, we come back here. Jarrett uh, is back with uh, Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting. Get you updated on what's happening with Texas Tech uh, Recruiting. Even an update on uh, Junior Day that is approaching. And that is next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game Live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Chrome, Standard Sales, B-Equipment, and the Texas Cafe. Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting with Jared Johnson. All right. Oh, great one of recruiting. Oh, yeah. Fill us in. Well, I tell you what, it's a great time to cover recruiting at Texas Tech, uh, and really at all sports. Um, we had Coach McGuire on in the first hour. He talked about how much talent they're going to have here in June, and he said the greatest collection of talent that probably Tech has had uh, in, in back-to-back weekends, and I can't argue that, at least in the decade I've been here. You know, I mean, there'll be some old-timers who are like, well, in the 70s, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you, you know, uh, but... In terms of my experience and what I've since I've been following tech in the 90s, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, I want to talk about that here in a minute, but basketball. I want to go back to Warren Washington, how big of an addition that was. He's already signed, actually. Uh, Seven-foot center uh, from Arizona State. What I really like about him is this dude knows who he is. No three-point attempts last year. He is a rim protector, which they desperately needed. Right. They lost so much of their size from last year. Uh, good rebounder. He, he's the kind of dude you throw it to, to him down the block, and, you know, he has a variety of hook shots. He'll drop step and dunk on you. He's got that kind of athleticism and physical dominance. But uh, my man, Mighty Joe uh, Yeager on Inside the Red Raiders pointed out, I was unaware of this, he has actually a plus uh, in terms of turnover to assist ratio. For a big man, that is very rare because they just don't get a lot of assists. They just don't. Right, yeah, yeah. In college, and NBA is a different animal. But uh, I really like that. The guy doesn't try and shoot threes. He's not trying to impress scouts. He wants to win. 
and he's going to be a big part of that for Texas Tech next year. Now, I'm going to point to my man, Sean. Tech got a big commit, basketball, some more size to the front court. Emilia Yalajo. Yes, him. Uh, I like his game. I don't. I can't really. Say, I'm not sure I can say his name, but uh, European dude, very versatile, like a lot of European players are. Uh, I'll be interesting to see if he can become a physical presence with his size, because uh, they need that. They need kind of an enforcer guy, uh, especially in the rugged Big 12. Right, it's only yeah. going to get tougher with you know, Houston being added. Some of these teams. Uh, I really like this guy. He, he can do several things for you. A versatile player to add to your roster. So basketball, that roster is really coming together. I know a lot of people are really nervous. Why haven't they done this here? Why haven't they done that? You've lost everybody. I, you know, I've been preaching patience with Grant McCaslin, and I think we're starting to see that come to fruition. And then in terms of football, man, like uh, I was saying before, two really big weekends in June. It's We call it commit season now uh, because – these guys that are juniors, that are rising seniors, they get to go on official visits. I don't know how long that's been, three years maybe or something like that, uh, since they've been able to do that. And that's really when a lot of these guys make decisions. They go on these official visits. Uh, they already have an idea, and they want to have that decision done so they can go get go play their senior season, you know, and have that behind them, know where they're going. Uh, and Texas Tech has uh, the, the, the just the names that I've confirmed so far, um, is ridiculous. And those weekends are June 9th through 11th, uh, and then the following weekend, June 16th through 18th. I mean, the headliner, and there are several headliners. There are about at least a half a dozen dudes that in years past would have been the guy you're throwing a parade for. But <laughs> Micah Hudson's who everybody wants to talk about. Um, and understandably, so, five-star right? receiver, yeah. one of the top players in the country. Um, from everybody I've talked to, whether it be with Texas Tech, uh, people close to Hudson, people in the industry, Texas Tech is right there in their relationship. Um, we talked about James Blanchard, some of those guys. Uh, it, they actually do the groundwork, the legwork for Texas Tech uh, behind the scenes. Uh, he has a, they have a very good relationship with Hudson. You know, Texas is also in the mix. Whoever wa- you know, whoever Micah wants is in the mix. Whether it be Alabama, Ohio State, the word is that. Uh, tech in Texas is what it's down to. I, we'll have to see. But this official visitor weekend is a tremendous opportunity to really submit that relationship yeah. and possibly. I don't know what his timeline is. I've heard two or three different things. I haven't spoken with Micah himself, uh, so I, I can't speak to that other than, I mean, it's getting close, you know, and this is a tremendous opportunity. Another guy I'm really intrigued by, and I've interviewed him, I don't know, 20 times maybe or whatever, uh, is Casey Poe, offensive lineman, who it's weird because he's a four-star in our composite rankings when you add in all the recruiting rankings uh, sites. But for whatever reason, and I don't play a hand in this, but uh, 247 has him as a three-star. But the guy has offers from Alabama to USC and everybody in between. And I, I, I actually messaged with him a couple of days ago, and you know he's he's taken a couple of visits. Oklahoma's really big in there, but he's I think he's visited Tech four or five times. Did he told me if oh, I remember okay. right? So this is, again, this is another opportunity uh, with a big-time recruit that everybody wants. And here's a dude for me personally, because I love defensive linemen. Defensive line, I love de- safeties, linebackers. Those, as a fan, that's what I, I like to watch. Yeah. Uh, that's why I love the sport. And jo- I, uh, I'm going to butcher this name too, but Joseph Jonah Ajanye, uh is a four-star defensive lineman from Conroe, Texas. This is a guy, he's a top 20 player in Texas, rankings-wise. He's a uh, top defensive lineman in the country. 
this is what I'm talking about in terms of normally in most recruiting cycles I've covered at Texas Tech, everybody would be losing their mind that they're even getting them on campus. So he's going to be there on the 9th and 11th. Uh, Defense alignment, uh, Charles Anderson, another four-star guy heavily recruited. You're recruited against the big dogs with. Um, Ellis Davis is a borderline four-star offensive lineman. Uh, who Tech's recruited really hard, uh, right? He's right there with me in terms of a, another one of those really long, big uh, tackle-type guys I could see at the next level. Uh, who, you know, I, you're starting to wonder how many spots they have open for offensive linemen in this class. McGuire told us in the spring, and this always changes, but that it's going to be a smaller class, so there aren't as many spots available. They already have, I believe, at least three offensive linemen committed, so those spots are trying to are starting to get taken up. Uh, some of those uh, commits, those offensive linemen commits are going to be there on campus. Holden Hendricks, local uh, star uh, for Lubbock Cooper. Kaysen Long from Shallow Water, I believe, uh, is going to be there. Um, so it's just really good players. Uh, Jacob Ponton, uh, another offensive lineman commit. And then Edge, uh, Cheeto Ophili is also Edge Rusher, is going to be here for the weekend of the 16th through the 18th. He's a four-star defensive lineman. So you're really seeing Texas Tech not only target uh, high-caliber offense and defense alignment, but they're landing them. They're, they're getting them on campus, and they're getting them to commit, and they're getting them to enroll and injecting them in the program. Yeah. Man, it's, it's exciting, you know. So I, I tell you, it's, so you know, a few years ago, we're talking about how uh, – Basketball is the the golden years and the you know yeah. you know it's such a just on such a high there and then kind of where that is now but hopefully it's going to be back on another upswing but it's nice that football yeah. now is is on that upswing and you're starting to feel that that same kind of uh, winning energy they had with with basketball absolutely years, you know? and don't get me wrong Lubbock loves Texas Tech basketball and they've supported it and I mean I see it I track it, all kind of analytics and stuff we do with. CBS makes us, you know, and I'm interested anyways in in 247 makes us. And I can see what they're interested in, what fans really are, and and they are interested in basketball, but football's still king, man. It's Texas. And if they win big, look out, because it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, And I think they're going to. I really do. I mean, I think it's inevitable. Like, to me, a good good evidence of that is late last year, Tyree Wilson going down. And uh, Coach mentioned that in the first hour. You know, they didn't really take a step back. Right. You know, and they're not expecting to take a step back at the position despite him being drafted seventh, you know, in the NFL draft. And that's that's why I say it's inevitable because it's not predicated on some, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming in and being a, you know, generational talent or a Tyree Wilson or whoever. It's it's the process. It's the, the system they have in place for the program, the way they go about their business. Another guy's going to, it's their what's next mentality, the next guy, the way they recruit, all that. It's, I would be shocked if they don't win big over the next several years, as long as McGuire's here, man. Yeah. All right. And let's hope that's, uh, let's hope that's a long time. You know, what's, what's uh, interesting too, and uh, to talk about a little bit earlier in the show, I think, but it's like, uh, you know, when you're, when you live in Lubbock and you live and breathe Texas Tech football and that's all you hear and you, I mean, you talk about all the time. But people outside of Lubbock, you know, don't really talk much about Tech. But it seems like now McGuire has done things that are – Tech is getting attention, and you're starting to see him mention a lot of those preseason polls and the, you know, college football playoff possibilities. I mean, you know, from national sports guys and stuff. And, and I think, wow, that's, that's really something. I, there's a number of reasons for that. It, 
one is the roster's legit. Yeah. I mean, we've been out there to practice. It is. But also, I mean, being likable, being personable, being generous with your time, it matters. Does it not? Whatever walk of business you're yeah. in. I yeah. mean, it just it, it makes a difference. Right. And Joey McGuire is uh, elite yeah. in that regard. People like him. They yeah. want to be around him. They, they're rooting for him. So when these guys, and I've done this kind of thing, you know, us in this industry, we've had to make these decisions. If you're choosing between a Texas Tech or, say, Oklahoma State, you're, I mean, in preseason you're talking about, you know, where they, the roster seem kind of average, and you're going to go with, and I'm not saying Gundy necessarily rubs people the wrong way. I'm just throwing it out as an example. I mean, who are you going to go with? You're going to go with that guy who gave you that extra time, you know, who, right. who you like. And yeah. it's just the, the reality of, of this this life, this existence in, in the business. Yeah. Nobody, nobody typically likes jerks. That's true. <laughs> and they're not rooting for you. you right. All right. Uh, we come back here. A few, a few loose ends to wrap up here on the pregame show today, including the rundown. This is three questions. No time to think. That's the rundown, right? Okay. All right. It better be. We'll see what that's all about. Coming up next here, uh, come out and have some lunch with us today at Bubba's 33. The food is amazing. It is. And, uh, uh, great atmosphere. Got TVs on. Got the PGA Championship uh, uh, on several of them around here. Lubbock's J.J. Colleen. He was He's 42nd playing. That's yesterday. Right. Yeah, he actually. And the, he hadn't finished because yeah. they got... Delayed, but yeah. uh, excited for him. Yeah, no, he's, he's actually actually playing playing really well there. I mean, PGA Championship. That's like yeah. the best of the best. Yeah. All right. Well, come out and uh, hang out uh, here today. It's Friday, so uh, knock off work early. Get out here to Bubba's. Uh, it is the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame. Rock 101.1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson. Shaw, host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. It's the Rundown. Three questions, no time to think it's the Rundown. Pete, which Texas Tech head coach do you want next on the show? Oh, boy. I mean, you know, probably I would say either McCaslin or Gerlich, but I, I think I'm right now I'm going to go with the GOAT. Wes Kitley after the big Big 12 outdoor win yeah. and the indoor win and hopefully they'll they'll do something in the NCAAs and we can sneak them in here before the end of the our rain. They've got the West Regional. <laughs> our rain, I like that. <laughs> the West Regional coming up. Jarrett, how many commitments will we see in the next month for Red Raider basketball team with just two scholarship spots still open? Yeah, I think two. They need to get guys on campus, uh, you know, summer workouts and all that. So I do believe they'll get two. They just got a big one. Uh, today, uh, filled a big hole in terms of like a, a four to six eight space eater dude. But uh, and on his name again, I'm not gonna pronounce it. Emilia or Sounds good to me. You know, from Finland. Again, versatile six eight forward who can do a lot of things for him. Question for negative Jeff. After talking to Coach McGuire today. Knowing oh, that you are negative, que- uh, negative, Jeff. Right. right. How many wins will the Red Raider football team have this year? Oh, here we you go. You know, I. Well, I don't, no, listen. No, he's like, I. He's like I have four. been. I've been unusually optimistic. I mean, I really have because I really, I really think. That, I mean, I think we all agree. Coach McGuire is really building something big here, and and so. I always try to, you know, uh, negative or realistic. There's two different ways to look at that. Oh, come on! But I, I tell you, man, it's it's right now my I'm, I'm one to say ten. 
Woo, I'm trying, ten wins, but I'm trying to dial back a little bit. Would like you game or but, 10 out of 12 regular season <laughs> I'm being sincere. No, no, I really, no, I'm saying 10 wins. Wow. I want to say it, but I think I'm going to go with nine, though, just because... I, but I'm, I'm believing it. That's and that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. normally, you know me, I'm like, yeah, six wins, maybe five, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. You know. But I really, I feel different this year. I really do, and I'm, I'm really kind of drinking the Kool Aid and feeling pretty optimistic about it. But I'll go with nine as a, that's, wow. you know. But that's still, that's still very optimistic. Yeah. That is. Yeah. That's the most optimistic. Yeah. yeah. Full of surprises. So that, my friends, is your rundown. And that, our friends, is a buzzer. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, Pete. Uh, Playboy Pete. Playboy, Playboy Pete. Playboy Pete. I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we missed it early in the show Four, two, today. Three. We're never letting Big that go, right? So you know. That was his early radio days, which I didn't even know you were on the radio. Yeah, really. I so that was So, Playboy Pete, the man, what was it? Every man, man's nightmare, every woman's dream. If you're warm from my form, 423-H-I-T-S. But I got to tell you, we did that all before McGuire. And we had McGuire three segments. We go to a break. Hey, coach. Here's Jared over here. Hey, coach. He's Playboy Pete. Coach is like, what? Yeah, when he was in. Co- I'm like, nah, what? First the off, F? first off, I don't. First off, I don't have a list. <laughs> so that's nonsense. What are you, I'm, I wanted to say, what are you doing? Second of all, second of all, you didn't sing confidence. You said that on the air. That is so. Crazy. That's free game. He wasn't listening. He was walking up. I don't care. You didn't have to tell if, him. If, if, it's a nice day for some white well. If, 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 if you don't think I, I'm not going to tell everybody who basically comes on the show, hey, Playboy Pete, let him tell you a story. I'm not, then, I, then you just don't know me. I thought you, you suck, knew me. dude. Do you you're, know, you're off my BCS I'm, friend list. I'm, I'm you're Jamarcus, receiving votes. Jamarcus Magruder or whatever. What's his name? <laughs> Jamarcus. <laughs> I'll get a promo cut with with Playboy Pete. <laughs> Oh my God! But be sure and use the phrase "warm for your form" oh. or whatever. That's that's my favorite. That's my favorite part. Of it. I, mean, I, I just I want to mention big baseball game going on right yeah. now. Ropes and Sundown. Sundown beat Ropes uh, Wednesday eight six. But last night the executive UIL committee determined Sundown broke the pitch count rule. They had to forfeit what? the game. Yep. So now Ropes is up one game to none, and Ropes is leading. Five nothing right now. Top of the seventh, uh, out at uh, O'Banion Field. So they're about to wrap up that series. Uh, I'm told the the coaches didn't shake hands. So oh. that, that's a rough. Uh, you know, I don't know how that all played out. But you know, rules are rules. But I don't know how it played out. Yeah, rules are rules. You got to follow the rules. Yeah. But yeah, you hate when a team wins. Yeah, I know. Plus, I hate it. You know, you hate just it. hate that kind of hate stuff. Hate for the but, kids, man. Yeah. Right. But the pitch count. That that thing. Yeah, right. When I was, I coached the little league team for one season, and we had to keep over that pitch count. And so there would always have to be that one designated person. That was yeah. their job was to sit there. One. It gets starts getting stressful because that, that same read, you're like, man, I hope we're, we're not one off because, you know, you don't want to get in trouble and right. force yeah. a stupid game or yeah. something. But Tough. anyway, protect those arms. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the show today. Thanks for uh, checking it out. And uh, for everybody out here at Bubba's 33, uh, man, a lot of people out here having a great time. So if you're looking for a place to go tonight, Come out to Bubba's 33. Food's amazing. TV's everywhere. We love being out here. This has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame at Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.